Download the Sacktown Sports app and listen to Whitey and Watkins on your smartphone. Our guests come to you via the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. And what a special guest we have now from Candlestick Chronicles. Nice enough to join us, the one and the only Chris Biederman. How are you today, Chris? I'm outstanding. How are you guys? Outstanding. Fantastic. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We we honestly appreciate your moving your schedule around for us. Thanks very much. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of all the things that went well for the 49ers in the opener, what was Kyle Shanahan most pleased with? I think you have to start with Brock Purdy, right? Because it, not like the 49ers didn't see Brock Purdy play at a high level at the end of last year, but in my opinion, you know, it, it's a pretty daunting task to come from offseason elbow surgery um, to not having really any offseason program out, uh, before training camp starts, and then to just sort of hit the ground running and at times look a little bit better than he did last year. I, I was impressed with, and this is just me speaking, just the poise. Um, the ability to move around within the within the pocket and still keep his eyes downfield and, and find his receivers. I think Brock Purdy's playing quarterback at, at a pretty high level right now. And I think I would I would make an argument that if Brock Purdy, you know, if, if he wasn't a seventh round pick and if he were six foot five, he would be talked about a lot different nationally mm-hmm. than he is. I think mm-hmm. I think nationally the conversation is like, oh, he's just playing Kyle Shanahan's offense. He's running it well. He's utilizing the the weapons that has but if you watch him play closely he's playing quarterback at a pretty high level it's not just like insert any quarterback here and he can replicate what Brock Purdy's doing I think we're seeing signs of him getting better um, and I think there's a possibility that Brock Purdy as this season goes along if he continues to play this level and continues on this trajectory we're going to be talking about him in a lot different terms than oh this is just a guy who can run Kyle Shanahan's offense Right, and it, it doesn't feel like much went wrong on Sunday. I mean, yeah, you mentioned Brock Purdy. Brandon Ayuk had a great game after having a fantastic training camp. Jake Moody made all of his kicks. Money. The defense had five sacks. Is there anything you took out of that game that, that is concerning for you look, looking forward? Yeah, the right side of the offensive line. How about that? I, I would say, you know, Spencer Burford having three penalties. Um, Colt McKivitz getting beat like a drum by, by TJ Watt obviously is problematic. And look, TJ Watt might be the best pass rusher McKivitz sees all season, but you still obviously like talking about Brock Purdy and the questions you have about him. My biggest question involving Brock Purdy is can the right side of the 49ers offensive line hold up and keep him healthy throughout the season? Um, Because we did see two or three times defenders get close to Brock Purdy's right arm. And obviously that's how he got hurt in the NFC championship game last year. So that's that's a pretty substantial question. The one thing um, that that is interesting too, from like a roster construction standpoint, is after the 49ers signed Nick Bosa, they restructured all those deals: Eric Armstead's, George Kittle's, Trent Williams, um, and they basically created 40 million dollars worth of cap space. Now, obviously, it behooves the 49ers to push that, roll that cap space over into next year and the years after that, because the team will get more and more expensive and the cap issues will become more and more problematic as time goes on. But in the meantime, they do have a little bit of flexibility. So if, if for some, you know, say Tampa Bay falls out of it and they, they decide to put some of their better players on the trade block do the 49ers say, Hey, we have draft picks now that, you know, all the Trey Lance stuff is behind us. Let's go get Tristan Wirfs and like really solidify the right side of the offensive line. And obviously that, that might be like a pie in the sky scenario, but we've seen it. When the 49ers have been really good and thought they were only a piece or two away, we've seen them go get Emmanuel Sanders. We saw him go get Christian McCaffrey. So is is the right side of the offensive line going to be an area 
where they decide to go get an, go get an upgrade midseason because you look at the cap space they created and and that's certainly a possibility. I don't think they created the cap space solely to go get somebody or make a splashy move at the deadline, but I think they did it so they do have the flexibility to where if they want to do it, they absolutely can. Chris Biederman, uh, our 49er insider from Candlestick Chronicles with us. Chris, thank you for getting in that little shot about Tampa Bay. You probably aren't aware of it. Chris is a big Vikings fan, and we've been kind of, you know, we've been, we've been occasionally mentioning today throughout the course of the day, hey, what what happened to the Vikings? But be that as it may, um, it's only been one game. Uh, Steve Wilkes' defense, did it look any different to you than uh, D'Amico Ryan's defense? Uh, you, you saw some blitzes. I think that were a little bit different, but I think overall you look at the blitz rates, they were about the same that, that what we saw last year. And and that might be, you know, game plan specific, or at least, you know, the 49ers leading that game for as long as they were probably didn't need to blitz. And we'll see, maybe they get a little bit more, more blitz heavy, say in a close game in the fourth quarter. Um, but no schematically, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm some scheme expert, but I, I will say it, we do that all the time. Similar. We do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it, it looks similar. Um, you know, the, it, it's interesting that they seem to have sort of two nickel cornerbacks right now with the Amador Lenore and, and Isaiah Oliver. Um, so I'm curious to see how that plays itself out, but no, like Talano Ufango is flying around everywhere. Fred Warner was doing Fred Warner things. Dre Greenlaw continuously looks like he's just bordering the line of getting a personal foul on every play. But I know the 49ers love that aggression that he plays with. Um, so no, I, you know, nothing, nothing about the defense really surprised me because we've seen that defense play at such a high level for so long. Um, but I will say, you know, it seems like they they've bought in. Right. And, and that's, that's not to say, you know, I expected them not to be bought in, but when you have a new coach, you know, you always look for how does a team respond? How do they respond to the messaging from the new coach? They were flying around and playing with a ton of effort, which was always a signature of the defense when Robert Sala was there and when D'Amico Ryans was there. So the fact that they still had that same level of effort with Steve Wilkes there indicates that like, no, this team is, there's not going to be any drop-off. I don't think I would be very surprised if there's a drop-off with a new defensive coordinator. They are so talented and they still seem to have some ascending guys like Hufanga, like Diamador Lenore, I think, who had a pretty good game. You feel pretty good about Traverius Ward where he stands. So overall, defensively, I thought, you know, it's it's all systems go, and it, and it looked like you wanted it to look if you're a 49ers fan. What did the uh, the blocking on that Christian McCaffrey 65-yard touchdown run, what did that just kind of symbolize for this 49ers team? Like that, that just seemed like one of those things I, I said earlier, like it's one of those things that it feels like every high school football coach should show that on Monday and say this is exactly – what we want from from our blocking from our receivers like what what does that say about this 49ers team and their commitment to the run game i think it's about buy-in like it's mm-hmm. it is look the the 49ers started poorly in the last two seasons and then it led to them having to go on the road in the playoffs and win games and we know it's substantially harder to win on the road if you're trying to get to the super bowl and it's probably not a coincidence the only time the 49ers have gone to the super bowl with kyle shanahan and his head coach they've had home field advantage so I think the Brandon Ayuk block and the Ray Ray McLeod blocking and just overall the receiver's commitment to playing with that physicality speaks to the urgency that they're playing with. And they're like, all right, we don't we don't have the margin of error to like not play with maximum effort here early in the season, even though we know we need to play our best football in November, December and January. All these games matter in the standings and they don't have the margin for error because that's been proven to them the last couple of years. Yeah. 
So they they want the NFC to run through Santa Clara. They want to be the team hosting the NFC championship game. And that means winning all the games they can. And winning games can sometimes come down to, to a block or two here or there. And I also just think it speaks to who Brandon Ayuk is, who he's evolving into as a star player. You remember a couple years ago to start the 2021 season, Brandon Ayuk was hardly getting on the field early that year, right? Like he was kind of in Kyle Shanahan's quote unquote doghouse in part probably because he wasn't blocking and playing with that level of intensity that he played with on Sunday. And so it just, it's sort of emblematic of, of the strides he's made as a professional, as a teammate, as, as a potential star that he looks like he is like, yeah, he can, he can run great routes and break off cornerbacks and make catches and traffic and do all those things. But he's also going to put a strong safety on his butt on a running play where they score a 65-yard touchdown. And that's really invaluable to the way the 49ers like to play, given the physicality they play with, given how much they run the ball. So I think it just speaks to it speaks to a lot of different things, and all of them are positive at this point. <laughs> yeah, no block, no rock, and they all, they all understand yeah. that. Uh, Chris Biederman with us. Um, do the Rams, Chris, loom as a bigger concern than we expected uh, they'd be after the, the way they played against Seattle? Man, I, I watched. I just watched the Seahawks and Rams game, and and to me, my big takeaway. I was trying to like glean something from the Rams. My big takeaway was like, man, Seattle looked awful. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a, like the second half for Seattle offensively was just really horrendous. You thought they'd be able to throw the ball all, all over the place given the receivers that they have, but no, the Rams. I, I think it was just a scenario where they didn't really have anything to lose in that game, and they're certainly not going to have anything to lose Sunday against the 49ers, given how many rookies are on that roster. It was like their offseason roster has something crazy, like 40 rookies or undrafted players. Um, and and so, like, you know, like the Niners are clearly a team with a championship window, and the Rams are probably three or four years away from that, at least, right, at least getting there. So they're two teams in completely different, um, different areas in terms of their their developmental process. So I would expect the 49ers to, to come out and and play like if they maintain their level of urgency, that that to me is the biggest the biggest thing about Sunday's game. Can they, after a big win in week one against a pretty good team on the road in Pittsburgh, can they go and replicate the intensity that they had in that game in a game they should win? Or do they take their foot off the gas at all? And if they do, it, it might be closer than we would expect, but I still think the 49ers are just talented enough that they can get by that being said they do dislike the rams you know debo samuel said it was either last year or two years ago leading into i think the seahawks last year leading into the seahawks playoff game you know he was asked about the niners seahawks rivalry and traditionally years past niners and seahawks had been the rival it's like nah man we're, we're rival with the rams like the rams are our number one rival we don't view the seahawks that way so i still think you know the way the nfc championship game went a few years ago down in la that sticks that sticks in a, in a lot of, you know, 49ers players mm -hmm. cross and, and they, you know, they're not going to forget that. So I would imagine the intensity should be there. And, and ultimately that's going to be what I'm looking for. Cause if they play anything like they're capable of playing, they should have, they shouldn't have much problem with the Rams on Sunday. Chris, we appreciate it. Thanks very much. Uh, enjoy the game this week, by the way, where, where do the jets go now? What would, where would you, if the jets say, Hey, Chris, we, we need another quarterback. Where would you advise them to look? Uh, I'd call Tom Brady. There you uh, go. <laughs> I don't know. It, it sucks, man. That's probably the worst thing about the NFL, yeah. right? It's yeah. just injuries like that. I, I, you know, I, I don't imagine the 49ers are going to trade Brandon Allen or Sam Darnold over to the Jets. I know there's been some speculation because, you know, Sacramento's Ian Book has, has been in Santa Clara working out today. To me, I think that was probably something that was arranged long before Aaron Rodgers got hurt and just for sort of reconnaissance reasons. But 
Um, no, I, that's a great question. I, if I knew I'd, I'd, you know, right. maybe have a better shot at being an NFL GM, <laughs> but, uh, it, that sucks when you have all your eggs in one yeah. basket and then that player goes down for the season, four snaps in that's, that's about as we're as bad as it gets for, for an NFL front office. So I, I do not envy them having to make that decision for great 49 and coverage candlestick chronicles. He joins us every week, Chris Biederman. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate it. Talk to you next no, week. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. And we didn't even talk about money Moody. I know, which is great. I mean, again, if you're not talking about the kicker, that's uh that's a position where most, uh, most teams are at. And so, uh, no news is good news for, for money Moody. And, uh, he was good. I mean, he was really good on Sunday, and uh, you just got to hope that that continues. He kicked in a tough environment in Pittsburgh. Uh, now they move over to a dome at SoFi, so you'd imagine and you'd hope that uh, there should still be no no news on Jake Moody this week. Did you know that he did make a mistake in the game? What's that? Did you Seriously? No, you I didn't okay. see. No. We'll, tell you, we'll okay. go over that. Uh, he says, I won't do that again. I learned my lesson. Mm. Also, if you were the Jets' personal quarterback shopper, mm. Uh, who would you get for them? That's yeah. next year. Whitey and Watkins on Sacktown Sports. At your desk, on your phone, in the car. Whitey and Watkins on Sacktown Sports. Jake Moody was three for three in field goals, three for three on extra points. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, and as you may have heard Jake Moody reveal, he did make a mistake in the game against the Steelers. You remember the first extra point, there was a delay of game? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that was because Jake Moody, but he, this is the way he explained it, he was waiting for everyone to snap the ball, and everyone, and he's the kicker, and everyone was waiting for him <laughs> to tell them, okay, here we go. And so he said, yeah, I was waiting for them, and they were waiting for me. So he said, that won't happen again. How is that so, not that's something that they've worked on before? That's a good question. Like, especially I, he's yeah. kicked before. Like, he's kicked in the preseason. They've done this. Maybe I, I it's his first game jitters first game, or something. First PAT, and he's looking yeah. at them like, when do we go? And they're looking at him like, are you ready? <laughs> Play a game! Yeah. Oh, my my bad, guys. Yeah, and that was one where the second that they moved the ball back, I was like, of course. Of course, his first kick has to be even more difficult than what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And here comes a money moody shank. And mm-hmm. kicked it right down the middle, man. Every single kick. It feels like this is going to be a roller coaster all year of, uh, of Moody either being right down the middle or completely left and right. But mm-hmm. so far, so good. So the Jets now are going to probably need a quarterback one way or the other, even if they decide Zach Wilson, right. oh, he can do it. Well, we still you, you want to at get least need backup. a backup. Yeah. yeah. So if the Jets entrusted you with coming up with their next quarterback, Oof. yeah, just we trust you. Yeah. Bring us a quarterback. Where where are you going? Or what at the very least would you advise them? I mean, I would definitely advise them to maybe look the more veteran route. I think just trying to find, you know, somebody who's not had a chance in the NFL yet, and maybe he can be a a flash in the pan. I don't know if that's uh, a good move. You might as well kind of stick with the evil you know at that point with Zach Wilson. I would say look for a veteran. Like, it might not be exciting. Uh, I don't think he played well last year, but and they already did it, but Joe Flacco would be somebody I guess you look at. You mentioned Carson Wentz earlier. Colt McCoy and Chase Daniel are 36. Nick Foles is 34. Trevor Simeon is 31. 
of those, I guess Nick Foles, just because he's got at least the you know the pedigree of the Super Bowl run. Uh, Joe Flacco is thirty eight. Matt Ryan yeah. thirty seven. Currently a broadcaster. Ooh, yeah. I mean, but it's, you know, it's played last year. Not ideal to bring guy from the broadcast booth. Uh, thirty and yeah, I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers was thirty nine or forty or whatever he was. So, it, I don't know if bringing in one of the, that old of a guy is necessarily the move. Like a yeah, Matt Ryan or. Uh, you know, Philip Rivers even. I, I don't know if that's the well that they should go to, but I wouldn't bring in a, a younger guy. I don't think they need to do, you know, uh, a DTR from, from you know, from the, the Browns or, you know, they don't need to bring in any rookies or first or second year guys. I think you just got to look for someone. Look for a Case Keenum. Like, look for a guy. Colt McCoy might not be a bad shout. Like, just somebody that you feel can steady the ship and, you know, he might not be very explosive, but somebody who can just keep your offense from stagnating all the time. A guy like Jacoby Brissett, I think, yeah. is tremendous. But you'd have to give yeah. up something to get him. Sure. And you have to take, obviously, a, a cold, hard look at where you are and what your expectations right. are. So maybe it just makes the most sense to sign one of these veterans mm-hmm. who are free agents, unsigned free agents. Yeah. That would be, um, of course, Tommy, Tom yep. Brady. Chase Daniel, we mentioned Joe sure. Flacco, Nick Foles, Colt McCoy, Matt Ryan, Trevor Simeon, Carson Wentz, John Wolford. John Yikes. Wolford's 27. That appears to be – those are your, kind of your unsigned veteran quarterbacks right yeah, now. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's not a great pool to pick from. I might might go against what I just said and maybe just <laughs> maybe just lean into well, getting some you're probably guy, hoping at this point – hopefully this guy won't ever play. But if he needs to, it's got to be somebody who can assimilate quickly. Yeah. Maybe somebody who's familiar with our system and a veteran who's seen a lot of this stuff before. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of unfortunate that Baker Mayfield won that game because maybe like he might be your your best hope. I I guess you can maybe kick the tires on Jimmy G. He's probably like the highest competency level guy that you could bring in. But even then, it's, it's going to be a new system for him that he's going to have to learn. And you still have all the questions of – how good really is Jimmy G? You're stuck with his contract then, which isn't terrible, but I believe it's for the next two or three years. So it's not just a one-year fix at that point. Um, I mean, I, I just think they're screwed. Like, I don't really know if they can salvage this. I think, uh, unfortunately, they put all of their eggs into this basket. And, uh, yeah, you can try and bring in a backup, but there's not really anybody that's going to save this season or, or even make it worthwhile what they're saying is something that i think makes the most sense right now is like hey zach wilson's our guy right now he was our yeah. starter last year and he's yeah. the backup and here you go yes uh last night what was he 14 for 21 for 140 a touchdown and a pick i mean that's not horrible against the bills he's got another tough test yeah against dallas this week um tough. but you're probably better Very off tough. yeah with as much um equity as he has in your system Riding with him, yeah. and then signing a guy that you know, Colt McCoy. That you know, you yeah. may, you know, you may have to go to him. You don't yeah. want to. Uh, Wilson could get hurt, or Wilson could. Uh, Wilson could. What was the term? Kyle Shanahan used melt. Melt. It, yeah. Yes, melt into the ground. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I would probably go the Colt McCoy route. Like he, I'm. I was honestly shocked that the Cardinals cut him. I f- he felt like the most just competent service level guy, mm-hmm. uh, and. You know, it's, he's fine. Like, he, is he better than Zach Wilson? Probably not, but he's a little bit more consistent and a little less uh, little less turnover prone. And I think 
at this point in the season, again, like you're kind of screwed anyway. I would at least not want to actively hurt us like Zach Wilson can do if he's throwing the ball away. I would just go for the ultimate game manager and and just hope that that he can patchwork some good performances. But the problem is Robert Sala is not an offensive guy, and Nathaniel Hackett's their offensive coordinator, and he's got a lot to prove. So You know uh, that if Zach Wilson like does a halfway decent job, who's getting all the credit? Aaron. Oh, oh Aaron, yeah. Aaron Rodgers took him Coached under his him wing. Yeah. Took him under his wing. That's Absolutely. great to see what he did. Yeah, he just flipped his career up on its head, and uh, this is really all Aaron. Yeah, you're completely right. Like, if Zach does well, it will have nothing to do with Zach Wilson. It's going to be all Aaron Rodgers and the tutelage that, that he – he bestowed upon Zach, and uh, yeah, it's it's going to be disgusting. But we're not going to have to worry about that because I'm telling you, there's no way Zach Wilson is a good quarterback. What did you think of what Mr. Biederman had to say about Brock Purdy? You can be honest. It's okay. No, I mean, I think Brock played really, really well, and I think he he's showing that, and I agree with his statement of being, if he were 6'4 and not Mr. Irrelevant, I think that there would be a lot of buzz behind what he's doing because He's just he's winning games and he's doing he he's making plays too. Like that's, that's the thing. It. It's Thank not you. just him standing back there, okay, I know he's supposed to cut in front. I know that. Okay, that's my first read, that's my second. It's not that. It's him again, the, that rollout where he escapes the blitz and the and seventeen yard scramble. Yeah, yes, you, yeah. I agree completely. And the the pass to Debo as well. Like I think that was him making something that's not there. He's really impressive and it's not that he's setting the world on fire. He's not throwing for 400 yards like Tua, but he's just he's doing exactly what is needed of him. And, you know, the 49ers have Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. They don't need him to go out there and be a superstar. They just need him to give the ball to the weapons, which he's excelling at. Yeah, the questions as to whether Brock Purdy can keep it going, totally fair. Yeah. Legitimate questions. But to me, anyone who at this point is still saying, and I, I'm, yeah. you, you aren't saying this, I don't no. believe. I'm not talking about you. But anyone who's going to say, ah, Brock Purdy, he's just running the system. Yeah. He's an average quarterback. Uh, for those people, I would ask, are you, are you watching the games or just kind of looking at them? Yes. Because if you watch the game Sunday, he put the lie to that notion mm-hmm. that he's just kind of, eh, so I got the open guy there. I'll hit him. He's doing what any quarterback could do. It's not true. Yeah. Well, it's, and how much? It's not accurate. How much longer are people going to keep using the excuse? Oh, he just he hasn't played enough. I mean, we're getting to the point where he's a couple weeks away from playing almost a full NFL season. Like what? He's at nine games now or eight games now for his career. Like that's half a season that we have of him playing really good football still at the beginning of his career. Like people yep. are treating him like this is a case Keenum situation where, Oh, he had some time in the NFL and he's in year six now. And now he's just getting an opportunity. This is the first football NFL football Brock Purdy has played. And he's shown through seven or eight performances that he's capable of holding up this offense. And that's, that's the beginning of his career as he gets more and more comfortable in this system and in the NFL, there's no reason to not assume it's just going to get better and he's going to be yep. more comfortable. The most delicious thing from the 49ers standpoint is, as uh, Chris Biederman said, there are indications that he's getting better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Coming up next, though, Rex Ryan's only concern about Brock Purdy. Nobody knows quarterbacks like Rex Ryan, <laughs> as we know. And his only real concerns about Brock Purdy are next. Watkins, Whitey, Sackdown Sports. Sports. Dude.
at your desk, on your phone, in the car. Whitey and Watkins on Sacktown Sports. Remember last hour or so, we told you about the uh, bar in Wisconsin where they offered free drinks if the Jets lost, if Aaron Rodgers lost. And so people started billing up to the bar. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, things didn't go their way. Um, we've got some audio from that, as promised. We'll share that with you in just a moment, what people had to say after that game turned. And we also have uh, Rex Ryan's thoughts from ESPN mm. on Brock Purdy and his one concern about Brock Purdy. Before we get to that, some interesting thoughts here on the YouTube chat. Uh, Brian Newtson says, if I'm the Jets, I'd call Cleveland about Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Hey, Loved what he did in preseason. Yeah. Brian also says Rodgers is probably done for good. Wilson probably isn't the answer. Why not look to go young? You have a young team yeah. build together. Mina Kimes on ESPN says going with Wilson is a it's a bad idea. It just doesn't feel again. It just feels like you know exactly what you're going to get from him. And you know, I know I said earlier maybe don't go for the young guys, but you know, you look at what Tennessee's got over there. They just drafted Will Levis in the second or third round. Maybe you look at there, or maybe. Uh, you know, yeah, Malik Willis looked pretty decent in the preseason at times. Maybe, uh, maybe you kick the kick the tires on one of those guys. But the point is, there's just there's not going to be anybody who comes in that that even brings you close to the level of excitement that you had when when you had Aaron Rodgers. Like, there's just no one out there who's even going to touch you know those level of expectations. Right. Even if you bring in Jimmy G, it's like oh, okay, like maybe we can be okay, but. You know, it was, it was all really predicated on how how far Aaron Rodgers could take this team. So so now you try to find somebody who sure. can keep the offense moving without turning the ball over. Then you rely on the defense a lot more than you were going to. Yeah, I guess that's really it is. Yeah, I mean, Robert Sala, this is, this is even more of a case for Robert Sala's job. Unfortunately, that it's unfortunate this is happening, but it feels like his job is really on the line now. I mean... They're going to rely heavily on that defense, and Robert Sala, obviously, that being his calling card, if that defense fairly or unfairly is is tested throughout a lot of this year and they don't perform, I, I think he's probably, unfortunately, going to get the brunt of it. Cole G says, Brock's arm is mid, but he got a core processor in his head that's very advanced. <laughs> he puts the serial number. Yeah, there, it's like the I, what is it, I9, I7, or what is it? He said, yeah, I9, I9. Process. Yeah, I don't know what uh-huh. that, that kind of processor is, but that is that's Brock Purdy for sure. I mean, I wouldn't even say his arm is mid. I would just say like, you know, he's he's like it's not mid. It's it's better than mid. Like, he's, that, he's, that, that almost is like you know like that's that's demeaning. Like that's meant. Well, to we say, have like, seen him under not, throw guys. I mean, going back to last year, yeah, we, he takes some shots sometimes, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure. Okay, it's it's average. I guess it is average, but it just when when you say mid, it just makes it sound like it's like ah, oh, it's actually not even that good of an arm. And like I would say that, especially considering his size, I think he has a pretty decent. Especially arm. considering that it fell off, it fell off against yeah, Philly completely. And had just, to figure out a way to get it back on right, there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Here is uh, Rex Ryan, former Jets coach. He, what he says is one concern is with Brock Purdy. First off, I had questions. Like, Brock Purdy, you guys have, have thrown the flowers around to him and all that. I did after his first game. I couldn't believe how, how poised he came in, you know, as a backup, forced into a game. He, he was terrific. But I still, in the back of my mind, hey, he's a backup, he's a backup, he's a backup. Nick Foles type, whatever. No, this cat is way, God, way better than, than I ever thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Way better. Here's my only concern with them. 
Why is it that in this Shanahan offense, he goes through quarterbacks and we're down to our third string quarterback almost every year? It even happened in Miami. Yeah. Same system. That's the only thing I worry about. Is he built for the long haul? That's the only thing he needs to answer. I'm not sure exactly what he's saying there. Yeah, I don't get it. Is he built for the long haul is different than saying quarterbacks in the system get hurt all the time. Yeah, and I don't think that's a fair analysis of of what's going on, especially like trying to connect the dots between Miami and San Francisco. Like, what happened? I mean, both situations are very random. Like, it's not as if, you know, they're running their quarterbacks like, you know, 15 times on design play, like run plays. Like it's just, it was a lot of freak accidents. You could argue the Trey one might've been because of the play call style, but everything else has just been dropping back and being a quarterback. Like two his concussions were not because he was running the ball or because the system called for it. It was just, he got pressured and he fell on his back and slammed his head on the turf. Remember Mike Martz? Yeah. Mike Martz ran mm-hmm. an offense, you know, with Kurt Warner Greatest show on turf, and then they brought that to San Francisco. But one of the base tenets of that offense was you got to wait, you got to hang out on the ball to let the play develop. Yeah. So if you're Kurt Warner, he used to get destroyed. Sure. Because it's like you got to hang out on the ball in this offense. Yeah. Well, okay. So in that system, quarterbacks were going to take some shots. Um, just ask JT O'Sullivan. But <laughs> in this offense, you're supposed to get the ball out quick. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of know where he's trying to go there, but I just don't think. Um, there's any evidence to support what he's implying. Yeah, he's connecting dots that just aren't there. And, you know, uns- I, I don't really take, to your earlier point, I don't really take Rex Ryan's quarterback <laughs> advice uh, and, and think that it's the 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 end-all, be-all and that this is He had some great quarterbacks, didn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah, Mark Sanchez and uh, I don't remember who else. But uh, the fact that Mark Sanchez is the best one of all of them really speaks to it. So, you know, I, it's – I love how he tries to claim to. Oh, I was I was first on Rock Purdy. I thought he was good the first time I saw him, and you know, even even now he's exceeded my expectations. But I I knew Brock Purdy was going to be great from day one. So, yeah. Okay, for sure, Rex. Uh, last night, yes, a Wisconsin bar offered free drinks if the Jets lost. And when I think Aaron Rodgers, uh, Jets win, you no Jets lose, you win is what the promotion is. Called, okay, so. Aaron Rodgers goes down, so customers there started running up their tabs. And then the news here, and I think this is CBS. Of course, we all know CBS 58 in Wisconsin. Right. Right? I yes. mean, they High, got esteemed, yeah. Right, just right. Some of the best coverage. The news was live when the Jets won in overtime and everyone realized they had to pay. David Hill with this on X. Let's listen. And the mood has changed considerably. That is because the Jets just won the game on a long touchdown in overtime. You can take a look. This is the reaction from a bar where people are realizing the bar tabs, they've been racking up all night, thinking, certainly with Rogers hurt, the bar was going to be paying that tab. It is setting in. They are going to have to go to the bar and pay that tab. That's where we're at. This offer is going to be in effect for the for another 12 games this season. As long as the Jets and Packers are not playing at the same time, this Jets lose, you win promotion is in effect. Tonight, Bill and Natalie, the house won. Yeah, <laughs> safe to say the house won. I don't won. think that a, a promotion is going to be in effect. Yeah, I don't think so. Because it's based on Aaron playing. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I mean, it looks genius now. I mean, the fact that they, they got in, get got out on that promotion, didn't ever have to have to lose. They they. I can't imagine how much. I'm sure there were some people who were just going absolutely absurd with the tab there. But when, you, when it was like even like 13-6, when you yeah. go, you know, it's, 
I don't think, <laughs> but stranger things have happened. Yeah, I mean, once Josh Allen was just flinging that ball down the field and it was for grabs, I would have been like, hey, guys, maybe we should start ordering some waters here because uh, things, things aren't look, starting to look so great. It did sound, though, the ambiance there sounded kind of like, uh, yeah, there was some some rustling like and some bustling. Horrible! It just people happened there. touching their pockets, being <laughs> like, "Oh gosh, I don't know if I have this much money." It's just a nightmare. I mean, I, I love. Couldn't have happened to worse people. Uh, the the Green Bay Packer fans, the Cheeseheads, uh, they deserve to uh, to be punished for yeah, cheering Aaron Rodgers. Viking fans speaking uh, again. Yeah, I'm just saying. You Viking know. fans been pretty quiet today, but here he comes. <laughs> you know, the Packers have had it pretty good for a long time, and you know, you don't just get to. Pick on up a, a third quarterback in your in the last twenty five years and have things just be great, you know. So uh, you know, Jordan Love looked great on Sunday, and he did. This was a nice little uh, return to uh, it's nice karma for the Packer fans who cheered Aaron Rodgers going down. I can't believe they did that. Speaking of returns, we got Return of the Empire coming yes. up, right? And they're yeah. two fine hosts, Emil yeah. and Nate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna make crossover history because we like did it, right. crossover before this show with Emil, and I think he's gonna join us. For the crossover, two days. Has that ever happened? I don't before? think so. I definitely don't. Has think anyone so. else ever had the courage to do what Emil is about to do? Setting records, man. Yeah, we'll find out. Trailblazer. Uh, that's next year. Whiting Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Check out Whitey and Watkins now on YouTube. Search Sackdown Sports and watch the show from your desk. Yeah, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Manny. Too legit for the kind words. We appreciate it. We've been talking, of course, a lot of football today, and we're joined now by two of the most brilliant football minds in the country uh, today. Would you agree, Chris? Wow. Uh, Would you agree? No, I'm sorry. I, wouldn't. I, just wouldn't. <laughs> I wish that's you weren't a liar. That's high praise. Emil and Nate uh, real high praise, for the uh, return of the umpire. Yes. yes. Baseball yeah. pot. No, return yeah. of the no, umpire. No, they really <laughs> hate robot umps, yeah. and uh, they made a whole pod to try and really uh, enforce to people why robot umpires are not the way, and I, okay. I appreciate yep. that. Yeah, and we're ready to pitch our points. So. Hey, pitch. <laughs> huh? yep, yep. Come on. I see, see I am nice. the smartest guy yeah. in the world. Yes. <laughs> now, I didn't say that. I did. Uh, I don't know why they gave us a show, or me specifically. I don't know what yeah. how I got on air. You're a football what? guy. I'm a football guy. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm just a guy. Just a room, dude. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's because I dragged him onto Does it. That's why. You know what? Let me, yeah. yeah I'll turn you got your own mic, Emil. There we go. Very selfish. There we go. There we go. There we go. We just made crossover history, I believe, just now. I think we did. Because we did the crossover before our show now with right. you. And then, yeah, that's yeah. True. And I did a crossover in the morning, too. He did, right. So, so that's actually three crossovers today. That's unprecedented. That is oh, unprecedented. Man. Man, yes. you yeah. got to get an award for that. There's so, Emil, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If the Jets come to you, I asked Chris's question. He had some interesting thoughts. Jets come to you today if they haven't already. Uh, and you too, Nate. And they say, hey, what, what do you think we should do about a quarterback? we got to bring somebody in here. Um, what are you telling them? What do they need to get? What do they need to do? I'm going to tell them do like Patrick Swayze and Ghost and go get Sam Darnold. Some, okay. Yeah, but the 49ers ain't part with him. <laughs> <laughs> I Darnold, it's like they're not going to have a good reunion. They're going to hate him in, in New York, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're oh, brutal. Yeah. They, they're they've gonna, already been through that. Yeah. More than Zach Wilson? I don't know. I mean, they were booing Zach Wilson last night. I don't know. I mean, here's your free agent, unsigned veteran yeah. free agents. Oh, Colt McCoy, uh, That's what Tom I said. Brady, Chase Daniel, Joe Flacco, Nick Foles, Colt McCoy, Matt Ryan, Trevor Simeon, Jeez. Carson Wentz, John Wolford. <laughs> Carson Wentz is, I mean, like that. 
It's just crazy he's not on a team, right? Like, he should be on a team. Should be a backup. Sounds like a match yeah. made in heaven. Yeah. Carson Wentz and the yeah. New York Jets. Just an accident waiting to happen. Yeah, on the on that turf there, that oh, turf man. that's notorious mm-hmm. for taking out that's everyone. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I'll I mean, go, you could uh, trade Jacoby Brissett or somebody, but these guys, assuming they would want to join you, yeah. you just you sign them. You don't have to give up anything to get them. Assuming. I'm, I'm going to say. Want to? <laughs> would, I'm, I'm good. I'm good, guys. My final answer is going to be Matt Ryan. Okay. Just for fun. Just for fun. I don't think there's a good answer. There's not a good answer. (laughs) I just think there's even Tom Brady coming out of retirement. If that that's not going to happen, I don't think. But I didn't mention Philip Rivers also available. Is he still available? Oh yeah, he's the emergency quarterback for the Niners. Yeah. Is he have plans? Is he busy? Yeah, I coaching. He's got a bunch 17 of kids. kids. Yeah. yeah, you figured. Yeah. <laughs> so he's busy I'm with sure that. He's yeah. very busy. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, he's, he's very busy. busy. What, uh, Nate, what, what impressed you the most about that 49er win? And I know you guys are going to talk about it. Yeah. On, uh, Return of the Empire. Oh, man. They just, they lived up to the hype. They lived up to the hype, and I'm impressed with Brock Purdy. He's he looks like he's going to be the man. He looks like he is the, the real man. deal. He does, yes, he? he really does. He's so poised and. Not great analysis, but he's so confident. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> he's so he's so confident. He has that quote unquote it factor, right? Yeah. The way he throws his roll to the left, yeah. and he hit Debo for that yeah. stretching catch. He didn't really do that last year. That roll, or yeah, rolling to the mm-hmm. left, making that throw. That he does that, that really well, and that is yes. hard, to, hard do. to do. His fast twitch muscle, like the way he gets off, like <laughs> quickly, Ooh. is is. Incredible! It's it match it rivals statistically it rivals Lamar Jackson, uh, that first ten yards. Uh-huh. That, but after that he slows down a bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, honestly, like it was a complete butt whooping of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is, does not happen to Mike Tomlin. I mean, Mike Tomlin even said today, you know, we got our teeth kicked in. Uh-huh. And that has Mike Tomlin ever said that about a franchise? You know, t- kicking teeth in on the Steelers, like on the road, week one. Everyone thought this would be a much closer game, and. The Niners proved on all three phases that they are the team. Wait, who impressed you though? You gotta answer the question. Who impressed me the most? Oh, Drake Jackson. Oh, okay, good answer. Absolutely, good answer. Three, Drake Saxon. Great answer. Hey. You wanna know why? Three sack game. You know how many sacks he had last year? Three. Mm-hmm. The whole season. Yeah. yeah. One game. He did, did, did the whole thing. Who was it? Uh, I apologize. A defensive back on the Jets last night. He had um, oh, Whitehead. 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 Yeah. yeah. Okay. He had, he had claws. Picks. Yeah. He has three picks, and he got two hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars for the year. And he had three picks last night. So, oh man, you just yeah. get that right there. Yeah. And his right claws. There. He hit oh, the uh, what is it? An incentives clause. He hit it last yeah. night. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Must be nice. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have heard the story too about their their punt returner. How they they oh, kind yeah. of faked him out. How they were going to cut him on hard knocks. They brought him in, and they're like. Hey, you know, you did such a great job here. We think you're a really good player, and kind of let him on, like, oh, but but you're going, and then they're like you made the team, and then he wins the game on in overtime Crazy. on his first game. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really, that stuff is awesome. Gives, yeah. you, gives you chills a bit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it wasn't really a surprise that he wasn't cut because, as we know, they made sure that on Hard Knocks this year they weren't going to show anyone being cut. So it's like. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, I know it was in the moment for, for Whitehead. It was probably very much a scary moment. But, like, it's like that's why the Jets should have allowed us to see yeah. people getting cut. So it would have hit a little bit. I got one more for you guys. And then I know you get you got to get into your show and everything. And I, I, I'm not trying to lead you down a path where anyone says anything disparaging about the favorite team of somebody who may be sitting here with us. Uh-oh. That's Uh-oh. not Uh-oh. what Uh-oh. I'm I'm not a, my, yeah. I'm not about that, all right? <laughs> really? But do you, is there anything <laughs> that caused you to reevaluate 
Anything that you thought about the rest of the NFC Sunday, other than the 49ers? The entire NFC? Is there anybody uh, that, whoa, I or, am so, or, you know, like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm so happy the Seahawks look bad. I I hate the Seahawks so much. And Geno Smith, that looked like a fluke, which is pretty funny because they signed him to a decent amount of money. The Rams beat him up a little bit, and the Rams aren't supposed to be very good. Chris Biederman today, we talked to him, and he said he watched that game today, and he said the Rams were okay, but the Seahawks were terrible. Yeah, yeah and that makes me happy. So that that that's that answers the question, I think. You know what makes me unhappy? The fact that me and Chris Watkins are wrong about the Minnesota Vikings. That makes Oof. me unhappy. He's not talking. I've got no comment. I'm already started my win. I didn't want to say it. You know what does Wednesday. make me happy? That Jared Goff is an elite quarterback. Oh my God! Oh, no. the elite that's your quarterback that is Jared Goff. Oh, the elite I am ready for Wednesday. Whenever we want to close the showdown, Whitey. Uh, just go ahead and say the magic words. What do you guys have coming up on Return of the Empire? We're talking cap space for the Niners, which kind of flew under the radar. It was right before the game, uh, the Week One game, and there's a lot of room. Niners have the most in the NFL. We got the good, the bad, and we're going to preview Week Two. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Good to talk to you guys. See you tomorrow? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. If everyone keeps acting out, we'll see. Amila Nate, Return of the Empire next right here. Sacktown Sports.